One year of the passive hang, and we're at episode 50. I just want to start this off by saying thank you to all the listeners out there, for everyone who's reached out, who has started a conversation with me, because the aim of this podcast was to start conversations around movement, to help spread conversations, to help spread the idea of movement, movement practice to a broader audience. So thank you guys for joining in on the conversation. Episode 50 features Ryan Hurst, who is one of the founders of GMB, that's Gold Metal Bodies Fitness. I think they are doing a brilliant job at helping people cultivate an intentional physical practice. This one is a little personal for me because I got to meet Ryan when I was traveling on my big trip through Japan. When I met with him, I was amazed at how genuine he was and also his generosity of time and of sharing of his ideas and journey. So I'm honored to share this conversation as episode 50 with Ryan Hurst. Well, it's a pleasure, guys, because it's episode 50 of The Passive Hang. I didn't know I was going to reach episode 50 a year ago when I started this thing. And today I have Ryan Hurst on the podcast. And this is a bit of a special one because Ryan and I, we got to actually connect when I was in Japan. I think it was two years ago, Ryan? Yeah, it was about two years ago. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We managed to grab a coffee in Osaka when I realized that this guy that I've been following was in the same country where I was traveling. (laughs) That's right. Well, first off, I got to say congratulations on your 50th episode. That's big. So thank you. Kudos, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to keep on um, plodding along, you know. That's right. That's right. Keep at it, man. Keep at it. I think it's a bit like practice, right? You just got to, above all else. You just got to keep on going, right? Never give up. That's right. You just got to step on the mat. Just step on the mat. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Just keep it's, stepping on the mat. It's like the hidden secret or the the thing that no one wants to say. It's just like, in the end, we can try all these sort of different methods. But if you just keep on going, most of all of them would probably work. That's absolutely right. As a matter of fact, that's it's sorry to just jump right into it. But when we talk about skill work, I got that from my gymnastics coach many, 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 many years ago. And his thing was always just like, yeah, just keep working on the skill and you'll get it eventually. So that's actually why I don't get too excited when I get skills, because I'm just like, in my mind, I tell myself, well, you're going to get it. You just got to keep at it. So, yeah, that's really kind of the secret. If there is a secret, like you said, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easily to be forgotten as well, right? Because when you're in the learning curve, sometimes yeah. you're like, ah, oh, like this feels impossible. Right now. Yeah, and I can't <laughs> get it. What am I doing wrong? And I need to look up another progression or a variation or another protocol or yeah, just stick with what you're doing and probably doing okay. Just as long as you're not killing yourself, it'll be okay. <laughs> but sometimes it feels like that's the right thing to do, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I wanted to start with maybe just, you know, I I always see you posting all these updates. It looks like you're doing all these various things, spending a lot of time in in your room, figuring things out, but sometimes (laughs) in the mountains as well. Like, what does an actual day in the life of Ryan Hurst look like? Well, I work out 10 hours a day and uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, yeah, we were just talking about this, everyone. And that's why actually I made that joke is like a lot of people might see my Instagram or something like that and think that I actually all day long, all I do is either spin it in the mountains or uh, in my white room on the mats. Um, while I do move uh, and I say move and I, you know, train, I would say that I train every single day. Um, it's not quite as intense as it used to be. Mm. Um, as of January this year, I've actually gone back to looking at a wider range of my martial arts. And so what I mean by that is trying to basically kind of touch on the entire compass instead of just one direction, you know, not just north but uh, actually hitting all those directions. And so everything from, from uh, stand-up striking to, you know, that includes kicking, um, you know, the whole works to, um, you know, close quarters, uh, trapping, uh, tying up, grappling, throws, and then groundwork. And then as well, um, expanding on that as well, looking at self-protection concepts. So, I mean, everybody in self-defense, I hate saying self-defense, but self-protection thinks it's all like the physical part of it, but also spending time looking at the psychological aspect of it, uh, fear management, uh, as well as situational awareness practice and things like that. So what I'm bringing this up is because that is actually, I make sure to do that every single day. That's one thing I do. And there's, there's that along with um, moving in some way outside of that. So mm. I have my martial art practice and then, um, which of course is a movement practice, if you will, and then I have my, let's say, session. And session is where I'm actually looking at um, movements that help me in everything else that I want to do in my life. That, that's what GMB, that's what we're about, right? Mm. GMB Fitness. And so basically what I'm doing is every single day looking at not necessarily having a huge goal, but just making sure that I'm working on something that day and um maybe an hour when i do that maybe maybe because what i do is i use auto regulation which is where i'm really just listening to my body that day and there there might be a day where where i wake up and and i'm like yeah today this is what i want to do and then i get on the mat i start moving my body and i'm just like wow <laughs> it's not there you know yeah and and i don't kick myself anymore and just think that I'm a bad person because I can't do something. I really, truly listen to my body. And I'm just like, okay, I want to be able to continue doing this every day. So therefore I make adjustments to that, whether it be um, duration of the session mm -hmm. or intensity of the movements. And that's just how I kind of basically judge it. And so like, let's say for example, well today, today my plan is I'll be doing um, handstand, uh, pushups on my canes. So really deep handstand pushups, full range mm -hmm. handstand pushups, uh, one arm chin planche pushups. So, okay. Am I going to be able to do it at my normal level? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good today. So I might be able to, you know, yep. but I'll go into the session and I might need to adjust that. And so it doesn't mean that I will be able to possibly do that at the highest intensity but that's perfectly fine so i'll just make an adjustment maybe move down a level you know not quite do as much mm -hmm. 
And that's fine. And the reason why for me is because I'm looking at, again, you know, in the long run, it's not like I'm trying to nail a skill or get a skill right now. Um, to be perfectly honest, I'm just taking a lot of the skills that I've tried to refine over the years that I've been doing for many, many years mm-hmm. and continue to refine them. And to me, that's what I consider mastery. Uh, the Japanese example of mastery, not like, oh, I've mastered this, therefore I can move on and never do it again. No, no, mm-hmm. no. It's today I have learned a little bit more about this movement in relation to how it can help me. And therefore mastery in that realm is going to carry over for my next session. And so that's how I look at everything right now. It's same with my martial arts. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm working on um, let's say today I'm working on the heavy bag and I'm just focusing on on my box boxing side of things. So I could just be doing a jab cross hook. Okay, great. Okay. Um, you know, depending on that day, at what intensity am I doing that? Um, for what? What is always my why? That's always what I'm looking at that day. You know, there might be days where that hook I, I change that into an elbow because you know I decide that day, like, oh, I'm feeling like doing an elbow strike or maybe i could do something like and you know the theme could be the strikes but instead i open up with a spear i don't know if any you know the spear some people call it the wedge anyway it's basically an entry move to get into uh as close as you possibly can and then start throwing elbows or something like that so so basically what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is that i do have a general theme that day of what i want to do but i'm open to making adjustments depending on what's going on and Again, it's right now in my life, I don't compete like I used to. Um, And so for me, really, the goal is just simply to keep the goal the goal. And that for me is to continue to step on the mat each and every day. Mm -hmm. That's it for me right now. Whereas, again, for some people, uh, and depending on where you are in your life, it's going to be different. So maybe there is a particular skill that you want to get. Or maybe you have a goal for a competition or maybe, um, you know, losing weight or whatever that is. Um, cool. Keep that goal, the goal. And just, you know, step on the mat with that in mind. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, just continue. And that's really all I am mm-hmm. in my life. And so it's, it has evolved over the years where, like, for example, when I was working on my one-arm handstands, literally that's what I did for three months. I mean, I did not do pull-ups. I did not do anything. I was like, mm. okay, I'm only focusing on the one-arm handstand. Wow. And that's what I did. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, it's a good way to say this. I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm special or anything at all. I, and if anything, I think I'm a little weird because I am <laughs> able to just, you know, just like continue doing it, doing it. Yep. And I will just keep doing it. And, you know, my thing, I even have it on my whiteboard. You're a product of your training. Mm-hmm. And then I do it. And then I do it, period, a lot. That's all I have, you know. <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of me. It's like if you want to get good at something, you got to do it a lot mm-hmm. and and practice it and learn from it, but also understand that <clears throat> progress is not this nice linear you know, thing that you Mm. see where it's just a straight line. It's like all over the place. And as long as you can be comfortable with being uncomfortable and understanding that it's not going to be pretty, um, hey, life is cool. 
And this is why with my martial arts, because that's played such a big part in my life and where the way you practice is not necessarily going to be the way that it's going to actually happen, mm -hmm. whether it be real life, whether it be in competition. And so the more that you can be open and, and roll with it, if you will, I think the better off things are going to be. And it's, it's all a mental state to me. And so being, you know, having that understanding to know, holy moly, this is not what I planned for, but I'm going to be okay as long as I stay calm, you know, trust in myself and play my game, if you will. So, yeah. Anyway, a lot to unpack there, but basically, yeah, that, that's kind of how it is for me right now. So a day in my mm -hmm. life really is. <clears throat> Those two things are really important to me. You know, my martial art and my training um, outside of martial art, those two things. But they don't play a huge part in the sense of my day mm. because, you know, I have a company, I've got stuff to do. And so the majority of my day is actually sent either with my one of my yellow legal pads writing <laughs> notes <laughs> and ideas very, very old school legal pad <laughs> that's, that's how i do it man that's how i do it i've got like so like back here like tons back here mm -hmm. and i'll write out my thoughts and every day i'll spend time doing that and, and of course reviewing what's going on so i'm really big into you know i have it just written down here you know every day review the one thing mm -hmm. and so there's a book called the one thing and um, basically, it's figuring out what that one thing is for you right now and really making that the focus. Mm -hmm. So similar to what I was just saying earlier, like, I've got that one thing I want to focus on that day. And as long as I focus on that, I know I'm moving towards whatever it is that I'm after. Rather than saying, oh, I want to get the plants, one arm handstand, um, one arm chin, along with double weight body, you know, double body weight squat, and I want to have it in a month. Okay, you know, okay, let's 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 look like mm -hmm. what is the main thing you're after? Good example was that one arm handstand that I mentioned earlier, where I really just focus on that. Doesn't mean that I don't do other stuff, but really, what's right in front of you and what's the main thing? So every morning I will review my one thing for each area, and so the areas, for example, what is it with martial art today might be a boxing theme. Then for my lack of a better term, movement practice, if you will, my other training, what is that one thing that day for work is the same. And so, and I'll do that. And then, you know, whether that be, okay, today I have to shoot three YouTube videos or something like that, or I, I need to plan out mm -hmm. a new video for that. And so just making sure that I accomplish that that day. And I'm really trying to be <clears throat> careful, if you will, to make sure to do that. Because you can get online and, you know, within the company, people will say like, oh, here's something else we got to or something, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. And that can come up. And so, you know, getting really good and being careful to make sure to focus on that one thing that day so that you are moving towards that overall goal and not losing track. And again, keeping the goal, the goal. That's really big for me. And then the other side of my life is. Um. um to be a good father and husband, that's it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I'm not saying it's simple, but the one things that I have written out for me, if you look at it, it's just very simple, one sentence thing. And, you know, how you go about doing it 
is pretty detailed. But the thing is, is if you can keep going back and look at that one thing every single morning, in my case, and I wake up and you know, I've got them all written out. I mean, I've got my other journal that I keep that I really have my big, you know, big things in there that I do. And so uh, as long as I keep that in there, that's it. And so again, like I said, you know, be, and I have it written here, be a good father, husband, and friend. Mm. That's one of my big things. And so then I do that. So during the day, really, that's what it is. And so like write out what the detail of that one thing is that day, what I want to do in order to do that. And I do that. And I try not to spend all day long working, to be honest. Mm. It's, there's a lot of work I have to do. We all do. But what is that one thing at the end of the day where I'm just like, yeah, I really did well at that. You know, did, I did that, you know, to the best of my ability. And so one of the things that I also write down here is write it down is excel in my work. That's my big thing. And then what does that mean for today? Well, then that's this. I mean, yeah, sounds kind of cheesy, but again, I, I just have these things and, when I review those every single morning, it's just a reminder to just like, just focus on this and they'd be cool. Instead of trying to like change everything every single day and trying to do this. Oh, I know. Oh, I think I need to add this in there. No, no, no. Just like what we were talking about in the beginning. A lot of times getting a skill is simply just make a decision on how you want to train for it and just continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And you can make some micro adjustments in there, but jumping from program to program and, you know, oh, I'm doing the one-arm handstand this week and, you know, I'm really excited about it. And this is, you know, blah, blah. And then next week go, oh, I think, you know what? I just want to do the planche instead. Okay, great. Well, you're not going to get either of them. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, choose one thing to focus on and keep at it. And so that's really, I think, my physical practice over the years has been more uh, refinement mm-hmm. instead of trying to stack other things on it. And refinement to me, to be honest, has been taking stuff away. That's it mm. is not adding more stuff It's really, really saying, you know what? I'm cool. I'm not doing muscle ups right now. Got them. Did them. That's great. They're not really important to me right now. The interesting thing, I mean, to be honest, I can still do them, yep. but is that really helping me for what I want right now in my life? And that's really what I'm saying is, is really be honest. And what is it that you want and what's going to be good for you? And what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and just focus on that. And that's really what I'm just trying to do. So, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot to unpack there, <laughs> but what I wanted to yeah, focus, sorry about that. focus on is, um, you know, it sounds like you have this strong sense of listening to this feeling or this intuition of what you really want. Right. Because as you said, sometimes you write this down and then you can be easily distracted, right? Like you can be <laughs> like, Oh, I've been working on this for a few days. And then you see some new thing and you're like, you know, like, Oh, kip up or something. You're like, Oh, I, I saw Ryan doing a kip up. Now I really want to do that. And then that, oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that, that focus where sometimes you need to be patient. So, you know, when you start your day, like how do you have any sort of practice around like centering yourself and getting in touch with yourself to be like, okay, when I ask myself this question, what is this one thing for each of these areas? You know, that's going to be, that's going to be like a true representation of what you actually really Mm. want to do. Like, yeah. How do you, how do you approach that? No, this is really good. And, and you know, this is just me again. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should do this or anything like that. And it's changed for me over the years, but I just keep coming back to this thing. And that is, 
I, rather than trying to decide everything in the morning, what I'll do is I'll have thought of the things either in the afternoon and I don't do it late at night in the afternoon because, you know, late at night you can go down a rabbit hole, you know, and you just end up not sleeping and (laughs) that's the right, you know? So what I'll do is, is I'll look at whatever that might be. Like, let's say, for example, um, coming back to, I don't know what's an example, a skill. I'll take time, like devote time to really look, okay, over the next month, over the next quarter, you know, what are some of the big things? It doesn't even have to be big to be honest. Like, what are some of these things that really get me, if you will, and like I'm interested in, but what would actually be the most efficient way for me to do this? Because I also have to take into consideration the other things in my life. So, you know, two kids, wife, you know, company, (laughs) like a lot of different stuff, right? There's other stuff I want to do as well. And so, you know, I don't want to be training four or five hours. I can't do that at, at my age, to be honest. I'm 48 right now. I feel great. I feel absolutely great. But the thing is, is I'm not interested in working out that much anymore. I just, it doesn't, I don't want to do it. So mm. what I'll do is coming back to your question though. So like, I'll, I'll look at those things when I'm kind of in a chill place. And that's typically in the afternoon for me. And really devote time to saying, okay, what is that? And then I'll write that big thing down and I'll write out how I want to get to it in a general outline or whatever this is. And then that is simplified and put into my journal. And so I'll legal pad it. (laughs) And then eventually when I figure out what I want to do, might have somebody look at it. Actually one of like my GMB trainers or one of my other trainer friends and say, Hey, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What are your thoughts on it? How could I simplify this? Mm-hmm. Naturally, what I'm after is simplify. I'm not hacking something, by the way. There's a difference between hacking and simplifying mm. it. And so I'm not trying to hack it. I'm trying to simplify it because I don't want to overwhelm myself because I know if I have more options, then I'm not actually going to choose the one that's probably good for me. So if I wake up and you, hey, you have the option of doing these four things today. Well, you're probably not going to do anything. I mean, you're going to try to do something, but you're going to waver. And so I want to be able to just say, okay, what is that one thing? And so then write that down. That goes in my journal. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't get on my phone at all anymore in the morning. Hmm. Um, you know, the, the thing I'll do is I'll go in there and I'll sit at the kitchen table, have a cup of coffee and my journal is with me. And I will literally like read the same thing that I've written probably like, I don't know if like in this case, it was a month ago that I wrote this just to keep me and say, Oh, this is all I have to do today. Mm. And I look at it that way instead of saying, Oh, what else do I want to do? I'm at a point in my life right now where I'm like, sweet, this is all I have to do. Yeah. And seems- that to me is freedom. That's mm. freedom. Yeah. 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 It seems to me like that sort of releases that cognitive load as well, because yes, it's like it just, due to whenever that arises in the mind, you get that feeling like, Oh, that's what I need to do. You just yeah. keep on writing that. And you don't have to keep on asking yourself that question. Like no. I've got to figure out what to do. What? Cause that's a hard question, no. right? Like when that's you ask a that, tough question. Yeah. yeah. 
Like I don't. And like, that's why I spend time mm. doing. I really spend time like okay. Right now in my life, for where I want to go, you know, and looking at those those big questions that you go really deep, and that's why you need time to be able to mm. look at that and, and do that. And you know, I and again, if you try and do it before bed or in the morning or something, it's going to be rushed. Or again, you're going to mm. go down that rabbit hole and you know be in bed not able to sleep thinking about it until like three in the morning so the the cool thing is that i sleep really really well now because Mm. i know i'm just like this is it and so this is where it's tough too and we mentioned this earlier i don't really watch the news and as well i don't actively search out other movers other stuff anymore you know because i'm just like wow this is just this is what i want to do and i'm really clear on that it's not that I don't look at other people. Um, I don't, well, okay. I'll look at uh, new ways of training protocols and things like that, but that's more along the lines regarding my work in order to keep me up to date on what's going on. And so it's not a matter of me wanting to just try everything. And the other thing too is over the years, I've done this for so long. I know it works well for me. And so, you know, I'm kind of sticking to the things that I know do work well for me. And a great example of that would be to really just kind of keep it simple and to just focus on, for in my case, body weight type movements. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where I do enjoy weighted stuff. But I just know for the long run for me that the body weight oriented stuff works really well for me because I know how to gauge it. Mm-hmm. You know, handstand push-ups. You know, whether that be freestanding, deep, whatever, you know, I know like all the different variations, not all of them, but I, the variations that I use that I know work well for me and stick with that. And I can, you know, assess my body that day to feel what's going on for that day. So again, it's, it's not that I write out, okay, this is everything I'm going to do today. Literally like in my notebook, I'll have written down handstand up and one arm chin up. That is it. Mm-hmm. that's it it's there it's not i'm going to do 18 sets of this at a count of this and blah blah no i'm like today i'm just going to go in there and give it my all whatever that means that day and that's it and so, that's difficult for a lot of people though yeah. who don't know how to train that sort of thing but again i'm coming from a place where again i'm not saying i know everything okay but i've just been doing this for so long that i know my body i know what it responds well to I know where my body has been broken before and I know what I need to do in order to be careful in order to continue moving forward. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess with a goal like that and you just have it simply written, written out. So say you, you walk into your session and you want to work on the handstand push-ups or the one arm chin. Like, so do you, you do your warm up and then you just, a number comes to mind say of how many reps or the intensity, like what, what happens? I'll do a single. I'll do a single. And so, 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 and this is the other thing too, is, is I want to be clear that every single day I'm not necessarily doing a handstand push up. Okay. And so, you know, in my case, it's, I want to kind of hit that twice a week. Now I will do inverted stuff pretty much every day, mm-hmm. but when we're talking about, you know, these big skills, if you will, the one arm chin handstand, put, well, I'm talking full range handstand push up things like that, you know, twice a week to me is good. And what I'll do is I'll always start with a single. Mm. And so I'll go on my canes 
and um, I'll do a few singles. And the reason why is because the first one is not going to be great. I always look at that. Even after I've prepped, I still consider the first repetition is still like you're warming up, even the first couple. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see where it goes from there. And, and then also depending on that day, you know, I might just say like, wow, I really just feel like spending more time on handstand push-up work today. And I might do that. And so go deep. I'm like, wow, I'm feeling really good with this, you know? Mm. And then that way, when I move on to the one arm chin, I might've, you know, spent a lot of energy on that one arm or pardon me, the handstand push-up. So therefore I know that I'm going to have to adjust for the one arm chin. In other words, I can't, you know, assume that I'm going to be able to crank out what I would normally do before. So, and I'm happy with that because again, to me, it's not again, like even trying to nail it or get it that day. I'm just like, I kind of want to just explore it. And that's a big way I look at everything right now is explore Mm -hmm. exploration and play, if you will. And there, and there's a difference. I think a lot of people kind of misinterpret this, like training to me is actually I think everything can be training in the sense that um, if your mind, if the way, the way that you look at it in terms of the mindset, okay, what are you training for? Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing. And so in that, in that way, everything can be training. So for example, um, if you have a competition coming up for, let's say judo, well, you one arm chin up is probably something that needs to go in the back burner, Mm -hmm. you know? doesn't mean you can't explore it but the issue arises you know if you think that you should be training the one arm chin up when in fact you should be focusing on your judo competition well it's conflicting goal right there and so that's why i look say that's why i always talk about the why's where's your what is your why right now and where is it in your training and so uh, in terms of the training portion of it right now, my training right now is actually my martial art. And so I'm training for a specific thing right now in my, in my martial art. Whereas when I look at the handstand push-up, the one-arm chin, planche push-up, um, some other things that I might be doing and rolling around on the ground and things like that, to me that's exploration where I'm actually taking movements that I'm already very familiar with mm-hmm. And just saying, all right, how they feel today? Where can I go with this today? And that's it. Because play can only happen with movements that you're comfortable with. And if you're still learning a movement, then exploration in terms of actually going outside of the box with that, with that movement can sometimes be counterproductive because you still don't quite have it down and therefore you could be creating bad habits within that particular movement. Mm. And I'm not saying that you can't do that. That's fine. If that's what you want to do. But again, let's say that if your goal truly is to get like a handstand push up or a one arm chin up, if you're working on a particular level of that movement and you don't have that level down yet, mm-hmm. then you can't take that level and hope to try a variation of it and think that you're going to completely understand it yet. And so that's why I think that being comfortable with the movement to me, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. But one thing that I do is that you can go and do it right now. Just do it. Mm. 
And that's being very comfortable with something. And, you know, for example, I could be doing uh, freestanding handstand push-up on the floor, and I can be talking to you. And sometimes in seminars, I'll demonstrate this. Yep. Well, that means I'm very comfortable with that movement. So then I can start, like, for example, if I want to play with it, I could get, like, into, like, you know, a half position, which is a bent arm stand, rock side to side, you know, maybe put myself in and out of different mm -hmm. uh, positions, which otherwise would be compromising positions that might be unsafe. But the fact that I'm so comfortable with the standard variation of that movement, it allows me and I have spent time saying, oh, what if I were to move my body in this position and just kind of slightly go outside of the box, still in a safe manner, but I explore that and I get familiar with that position there. And this is what I talk about a lot with the squat as well, where my goal with the squat is to be able to know as many ways to get in and out of the squat as possible. Mm. And so to me, that's another variation or example of exploration and play once you have a good squat and so in a good squat of course is going to be dependent on what's going on if you're under load doing barbell squats you do want to have a certain position for that squat but you know if you're unloaded first off being able to just comfortably get into that squat without pain without discomfort then you can start moving in that squat slightly and start exploring then that range increases and to me that's exploration so then you can start looking at going in and out of the squat and you know however you want to do that you know so that's exploration to me and the difference between training and play and so training to me there's two ways to look at it, it could be practice you you're learning a new skill by practicing or the other part of that is conditioning in order to strengthen or either strengthen could be muscles or tendons uh joints or improve the flexibility or control of that by pushing yourself a little harder with a lower variation of that movement. So this is how we have it laid out in GB. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I really like that delineation between um, where you are, I guess, in this skill development curve as to when you can give yourself into this feeling of play. Right. Because I think as you're, as you're learning something as well, sometimes your mind jumps ahead and you're kind of like, yeah, oh, I want to be at this stage where, you know, I'm crawling around doing all these sort of things, but you're right. If you can't even feel relaxed in a basic squat, then that's probably not going to happen. You're going to get quite yeah. frustrated. So Absolutely. I really, I really like that delineation, but um, winding back to where you're talking about how you're <laughs> checking in with say like uh, w when you have that goal and you're going, okay, I do the single rep and then, I assess how I'm feeling. So I wanted to ask like about your feedback mechanisms there. Like, do you record yourself and look at yourself, how you're doing it? Or is it all in the body? Like, you know, when you're exploring with these movements and trying to understand like where you are that day and what you're trying to learn. Yeah. How do you inform yourself after you sort of do those first sort of repetitions to go, okay, like these are the steps that I need to take for today to make the most out of where I want to go. Absolutely. Huge, huge one. A big thing that I do is I look at tempo and um, this is pretty much for, for everyone in GMB when we teach is this is I always tell people slow it down and slowing things down truly give you feedback. If you do something very fast, you might be able to air quote, do it, 
but do you have control over that movement? That's different. And so slowing things down makes it more difficult. And so the reason for that is because you're hitting the three parts of that movement and there's only there's any movement. It doesn't matter if three parts is beginning, middle and an end. And and, you know, if, if you slow it down to look at that beginning, middle and end portion, that's where it can give you good feedback. And so coming back to your question is what I'm looking at are a few things. Um, I might record myself. I might take video on my smartphone or whatever I'm using. Um, and I do encourage people to do this. So this is one thing, especially again in GMB that I encourage everyone is to take video. The reason for this is what you're feeling and what might actually be happening can be different. And so by having that video of what you can truly see and then saying, okay, what did I feel? You can slowly start to you know, narrow that bridge, if you will, so that they become one, <laughs> sounds funny, but so that you're actually saying, okay, this is not only what I feel, but because I've seen this on video and I've done this so many times, I actually know what it looks like as well. I think this is also important because I believe that for skill work, that the mental aspect of it and imagery outside of training is also a part of training. There's another topic, but basically, the way that I think that I've been able to get really good, if I may, uh, at a lot of different things is also, thankfully, due to the fact that I'll be in bed or somewhere and I would do that movement in my mind. And this comes back from my gymnastic days of my, of my coach. And I keep talking about my coach because he was absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. He would have us do imagery all the time of our routines. And his thing is, you know, you lie down and uh, close your eyes and you do your routine in your mind and if at any point you you have a little mistake in that routine you stop and you do it from the beginning and you only do it as perfectly as you can because what you image imagine in your mind is what's going on and i did this brazilian jiu-jitsu and my some other martial arts but mainly brazilian jiu-jitsu when i was trying to learn like or when I was working on a new technique, whether it be, for example, a pass or something, and I would literally try and do a bird's eye view and feel everything when I was doing it, like the cloth, where my hand, are my elbows in, are they flared? And this is, you know, it can be the handstand push-up. It can be literally anything. And so this is just another kind of offshoot of this topic. But coming back is when I'm assessing myself for that very first repetition that I'm doing each day, I'm slowing things down and I'm looking, okay, what's, where do I feel this in my body and what's going on with my breathing? Am I bracing? And if I find that I'm just really <laughs> bracing, I know that I've started with a level that's too difficult for me that day. And that to me is a good feedback for that. Uh, it is good feedback uh, for that. Again, I don't just jump up and just go into the hardest progression. But what I mean is that, by really being conscious of feeling again, oh, well, I really feel this in my lower back today. That means that I don't have the proper position, okay, mm -hmm. if I'm doing a handstand push-up. Or I'll really feel it in my shoulder or my elbow or my wrist or something and what's going on with my breathing. The thing is, is I might be able to do that movement that day. But like I said, I'm looking at the long run here and I'm not just trying to like 
take a video for Instagram to show I can do this movement because I don't really personally care anymore. But it's okay. If I'm having an issue with my wrist, I'm going to back off because I know that if I'm just being silly and I do something just because I think that, oh, you know, I just want to make sure I get the video or something, it's going to not only affect my handstand push-ups, it's going to affect everything else that I'm doing in my life. Mm-hmm. And I might not be able to actually do a push-up for the next day when I have to actually shoot a video for YouTube for GMB Fitness or something like that. So there's a lot of different things that are playing in here. But again, what are you feeling in the body? What's going on with your breath? And take a video of it and then review that. Sounds like a lot. But the thing is, is over time, and in my case, it is very quick. I mean, immediate. It's immediate feedback because you know, because you've just done it so many times. And it's like anything. The more you do something and bring awareness into that thing, well, the better off you're going to understand it. But the more feedback that you're going to have because you can use it as a measuring stick. This is why we actually have assessments uh, built into GMB where we look at the A-frame, the squat, floating tabletop, and um, the crab setup. And by just doing those so often, you're just like, oh, yeah, crab setup feels great today. I'm ready to do my L-sits. And you just know. But the thing is, is if you don't step on the mat, if you don't continue to do that day after day, month after month, year after year, then it's not going to happen. And again, this is the kind of stuff that I'm not just talking like for the past month I've been doing this literal years of doing this of where I come back to the same thing. And, you know, as I age, it's been cool too, because I find little things where I'm like, Oh man, last year I was, you know, like there was an injury or something that I had, you know, where I realized I couldn't really do this. And then even though I age, I'm just like, Oh wow, I'm back to being able to do this again. And so therefore I can push myself a little harder. And that's the thing too, is, we talk a lot about backing off, but there are days where you do feel good. Push yourself a little harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes both ways. So, yeah. Hey, would you be able to expand a bit more on the, on the breath? And do you have any practices around like the breath, like when you wake up? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I got a lot to say on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, with martial arts being my background, it's gymnastics and martial arts. Really? That's it. I mean, that's pretty much all I know. And um, can't tell you how to do business. Can't tell you how to do marketing. <laughs> um, yeah. But when it comes to movement and things like that, um, been doing a little well. Uh, not to say that I know everything or that I know anything. It's just, you know, experience over the years and what I've found to work well for me and for the people that I've taught over the years. I think the biggest thing for breath that I've actually found is that um, breathe through your nose. That's it. And we could just stop there, to be perfectly honest. I think that. What we do find, though, is that depending on where you are in your life, there are times, of course, where you're going to have to mouth breathe. Some dog's chasing you up a tree. I mean, you better run as fast as you can and just get in as much you know, air and breathe it out as much as you can to get yourself up in that tree so that dog doesn't get you. That's different. What I mean is if you really want to get better at performance for whatever it is, Really focus on the breath and trying to work towards being able to do that movement through your nose, breathing through your nose. And I'm talking inhale and exhale. A great example is whenever you see anyone come into a new movement, and it doesn't matter if it's um, a push-up or a throw, if someone's learning a new throw, we are going to brace. 
because we're humans, because we don't know what to expect. And that brace, bracing um, is a protection. Uh, it's our armor for us, again, because we don't know what's going on. This is just a natural state. Um, but, you know, coming back to martial art, if you look at a ki, ki, um, it's an exhale. It's, it's a yell. And the reason for that is so that you actually don't hold your breath uh, when you're doing that. And so that you're not over bracing yourself so that you're, you're readying yourself, not just for making contact, but contact, but also receiving contact. And so, you know, you'll see a lot, you know, boxers or, you know, pss, 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 or whatever it might be. So we do know that there are times though to brace, let's say that you're doing your one rep max for um, a deadlift or something like that. There's different kinds of breathing, but when we're just looking at general breathing patterns, if we're looking at skill acquisition, um, my belief is that uh, you should focus and work towards being able to do that through the nose. That really shows that you're extremely comfortable with that movement. Uh, again, this is something that I still strive to to do, uh, even with the basic movements that I'm doing in my martial art, whether it be punch, kick, throw, when I'm tying up with a person, when I'm doing judo, maybe I'm doing my Brazilian jiu-jitsu, maybe when I'm doing Kali and doing, you know, Eskrima, using Eskrima sticks or something like that. I'm really focusing on the breath and doing it through my nose because I know that the more that I can do that, it's also going to improve my conditioning as well it's going to allow me to be in a good state of mind in order to concentrate and really focus on what's going on uh, when I'm doing that. So that is something that I'm looking at when um, I'm doing my movements in the morning, the handstand push-up. it could be uh, for example, if I'm doing some form of local motion, uh, even some of my conditioning training where I'm actually really trying to push myself. Um, I don't even know a good example. Oh, here we go. Um, broad jump. A broad jump, okay? Uh, precision jumping, however you want to call it. A lot of people, you know, don't look at that mean as a conditioning thing, but it sure as heck can be. It can really get get the heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, can you continue to keep your nose or continue to keep your mouth shut um, and breathe through your nose when you're doing that? That can become a conditioning drill. Then afterwards, how quickly can you bring the breath down to normal breathing while breathing through your nose? Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research out there. I know there are people who are really big into Wim Hof. Um, great. If you want to do that, that's fabulous. Um, I went through his, his training twice. Um, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not for me. That's just me. I'm not saying that it's not good or anything. And I know people have had great results with it. I really prefer um, the oxygen advantage style of breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, you can literally do it anywhere. You can be on a train in Japan, practicing your breathing without the person sitting next to you think that you're having an orgasm on <laughs> the, the thing. Okay. And I know I'm just being silly there, but you know, I do this with my kids, um, with my kids ever since they were born, we just were always just like, Hey, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. Um, you know, and not just because they're being obnoxious and loud. It's like, I want them to breathe through their nose. And so get them to do that. Uh, my kids train martial art with me twice a week. And whenever they're doing any kind of punching or anything, we focus on the nose. Sometimes it's, you know, the through the mouth, but it depends on really what they're doing. But again, I think a basic, basic way of looking at everything is just, are you breathing through your nose throughout the day? That's it. And at night, 
it's like that simplification process again that you're talking about with your with your training you know there are all these different methods as well but i really like that example of how with that technique from the or just the way of breathing you know from the uh, inspired by the oxygen advantage is is something that you can just um practice anywhere and bring yeah. into your wider life um and i think that's always like sometimes the the difficult part with some of the more technical breathing styles mm. whether it be wim hof or you know i'm doing a little bit of the the, the vacuum breathing that sort of thing nice but fabulous yeah but, but you can't do that all day every day you know that's yep. only a certain, certain like training session as as you will and then so afterwards yeah i, I do think okay other than during that time and maybe a bit after that time, how is this shaping my breathing throughout the, the whole day? So, yeah, I, I like that approach. Um, mm. But maybe segueing from an, uh, breathing, you mentioned auto-regulation a lot as well. Mm. And so looking at what you're doing, as you say, you're running a company, you're doing martial arts training, you're doing your other explorative training, you have a family, two kids. So how do you think about energy? How do you manage energy? And not just maybe training specific, but just in general for life so that you can show up powerfully for all these different areas so that you can achieve your one thing. Um, I've been really bad at this over the years because I'm the kind of person who will just jump full into everything. I don't half-ass stuff. And it's, it's a blessing and a curse, if you will. Um, it's helped me to get to where I am today, but also it's been stressful. I will say that because I have tried to do everything. Um, over the past couple of years, I've really been focusing on saying no to a lot of stuff and, and, and being cool with that. And what I mean by this is that <clears throat> we have a limited amount of energy, to be honest. And if we, if we look at what we're doing in our life, there has to be, I, do, I can't say balance because there never is a balance. It's a juggling thing. There, it's, it's one thing if you increase, the other thing has to decrease in order to find that, again, balance. And I know people might argue with me when I use the word balance, but mm -hmm. just kind of hear me out. Um, there's give and take is what I'm trying to say. And so, if you understand that, it makes things easier. And, and it's taken me, again, quite a long while to get that because I've always wanted to be, I don't want to say the best, but do as well as I can and push myself as much as I can in everything that I've done. Whereas nowadays, I really look at saying, okay, how can I excel at this thing by doing less and look at if you want to look at the 80 20 rule okay what is that 20 percent that's going to give me that 80 percent return okay so therefore that's what i should be focusing on instead of trying to do this 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 this, this okay what are the main things that are going to help me to get me to my goal and that's what i was referring to earlier about looking at i'm not trying to hack anything i'm really just trying to be more efficient and also look at what's going to allow me to enjoy the process. So that's a big thing too. So again, coming back to my journal, I have, I, this is one of my things I write down, live a more fulfilling life by focusing more on less. 
And when you take a step back and say, all right, I've got this going on in my life. I've got this in the work. I got this, I got this, I got this. Well, in business, this is why I am not the business person in GMB. You know, it's, I have my role now. In the very beginning, it was different, of course. Andy Jarlow and I, and we had to wear multiple hats. Um, even now, we have to do a little bit of this, a little bit of this, but really it's mainly like, okay, this is kind of my wheelhouse, if you will, if you will, <laughs> sorry, if you will. I'm having trouble talking there. And so really trying to look at that, but then also being okay not being involved with something. That was really tough and, and still kind of poke my nose here and there, but, but letting go, I think is the biggest thing. And so, you know, stoicism, I, I follow stoicism as well. And, and, you know, let go of what you can't control. I think that's a huge thing. And so knowing exactly what you can control, it's going to be more beneficial to you than trying to think that you can control everything. And so that's why when you can look at, okay, with my family, I'm not always going to be happy with what my daughter says, does, and wants to wear. That's fine. What can I do to help her to, you know, be a better person really? Okay. Well, okay. I can't control that, but what I can do is control myself and how I communicate with her. You know, and so that's the things that I try and focus on instead of trying to micromanage everything. And so, you know, likewise, what I said earlier, there's a lot of stuff I could do in the company if I wanted to get involved with it, but where can I make the biggest impact and, you know, the best use of my time? That's really what I'm after. And so over the years, the energy for me is that not getting sucked up into drama. That's another huge thing for me. And that's why I don't watch news. That's also why, to be perfectly honest, I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. Not a big fan of like that whole thing. Uh, Facebook, I hate with a passion. Um, we're on it, obviously, because that's it's a business thing. But personally, my personal account, things like that, I'm not on Facebook. And so... I'll post something on Instagram and it automatically gets shared to Facebook. <laughs> that, that's, that's how I do it. That's, that's my social media genius for you. But again, this is my personal account. This is not the business side. And, and I don't do the Instagram and stuff for GNB. And so um, if someone, if, you know, in the company, someone's like, Hey Ryan, we need this video from you. I'm like, cool. I'll get that done. But then, you know, how is it being used? That is something that we look at. And so I'm involved in that process, but it's not necessarily the making of things, if you will. And so I know I'm kind of going off maybe in a different way, but it's the energy needs to be placed on where you want it to be placed. And if you don't decide, then someone's going to decide for you. Mm. And so that's why you need to say, is this a hell yeah? Is this where I want to be spending my energy? And, and if it's not, then it's a no. And there, the gray area is where a lot of people get caught up in. And it could be tough. You don't want to say no to someone and you feel bad or something. Well, hey, it's your life. You're the person that has to go to bed with in the evening, you know, I mean, you know, and live inside your head. Hmm. And so that's why 
not getting caught up in drama. And then, you know, I say no a lot to things. And so like you and I talking here to me, that's like, oh yeah, that's a hell yeah. Well, there's other people who might contact me and like, hey man, I'm gonna be in Osaka, let's hook up and blah blah. And I'm just like, can't do it, you know. And you know, I, I don't want to be a dick at all, but I just just flat out just say, Hey, listen, I just can't do that right now, you know. So that's how I try and do it. And and even in the morning, you know, using that auto-regulation to me is when I go into my sessions. It's again, I, I have that hell yeah for the day. This is what I want to do. But then making those decisions as well, like when I get to it and realize, oh, today I'm feeling really good. I think I want to do more. Is this a hell yeah based on whatever? And if it is, I'm doing it, hmm. you know? And I guess, you know, drinking can be another example. You know, when you're younger and you go out and you're like, let's hit it up. Hell yeah. And you, you know, next morning you wake up and you're like, what the heck did I just do? Well, you've got those experiences now. Mm-hmm. So you can actually make a decision now in your life based on those prior experiences and kind of have a general idea of what the outcome can be. And so that's, you know, I mean, that's drinking and we've all had drinking experiences. And so, you know what I'm talking about. And so like, as you get older, a lot of people are like, I don't think I want to drink so much anymore because you've had those experiences, but you still see people making decisions outside of that for things that they're doing in their life. That's really giving them hangovers in life because they weren't careful about the decisions that they made and choosing a hell yeah or a no, because they just maybe didn't want to hurt someone's feelings or whatever, you know? So this is a huge topic for me. And I mean, it's Hmm. related to everything. It's just hell yeah or no. And really being okay with yourself and knowing yourself of knowing what you want, why you're doing this and sticking to it. And that again comes back to my journaling and every morning waking up going, this, 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 this is what I'm doing today. Cool. And so when something happens, being able to say no or yes. I think that letting go concept is uh, really powerful. And I can see, you know, when you've started a company as well, how that can be really hard in not to be oh involved. <laughs> with, yeah, with we don't everything. cater to everybody. And that's the mm-hmm. thing too. It's it's tough because sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. Yeah, sorry. It's it's a huge question we get. How do you help everyone? You don't. Done. Yeah, I mean it's you know, there are people that come to us and again it's like really like what you guys are doing. Um, can you help me with my I have no idea, uh, kettlebell oh nope, sorry, I can't do that. But here's a friend of ours that's really good at kettlebells and I think this person will help you. Mm. And so it surprises people when we actually say, Hey, listen, I don't think GMB is going to be a good fit for you, but here's a person who you should, you know, search out. And, and that's the other thing too, is I think that an important part of life is making sure that, that you're helping other people and doing this in a way that it's not just you, you, you all the time, you know, You've got to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. But what I mean is it's got to be bigger than that. You've got to be bigger than that, especially when you have a company and, you know, and, and what I mean is to, is to be able to say, no, I don't think this would be helpful for you because sometimes people get so hooked up on, we got to make sales. We got to sell more stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's important. You get, you got to live. But the thing is, is, is this really helping that person? And I think that's important. And so, 
it, it really gets me when people they'll have an advertisement or advertisement if you're in the United States or wherever is like this is for everyone. Well, is it really? You know, it's I mean, it's maybe good, but mm. you know, martial arts is the same where X martial art is the best martial art. Well, I don't know. You know, it's what in, in what realm? Okay, I think really the main thing that I'm getting at though it's it comes back to the teacher, and there are times where and I tell this to people too. They're like, Ryan, what's the best martial or what martial art should I get into? My thing is, I said, well, you know, in your area, wherever you're at go around and check out the dojos or whatever they call them, wherever you are, gyms or studios or whatever. And, you know, see if there's an art that kind of grabs your attention. But more importantly, when you go to the class, just watch the class, watch the teacher, but more importantly, look at how the students act and see if that's a place that you would feel good being a part of because it doesn't matter if it's crossfit it doesn't matter if it's um zumba it doesn't matter if it's gmb it doesn't matter if it's a martial or whatever the person in charge of that class and more importantly the way their students act towards each other is more important than what's being taught that's my opinion because if you don't feel comfortable being in that place, it doesn't matter if it's the best martial art in the world or not. It's a matter, are you going to feel comfortable showing up every day in order to learn from these people? And so, you know, find like-minded individuals and find something that you want to be a part of. And I don't, and I'm not saying that you should like, I'm not talking about culty kind of thing. I'm just talking like something where you're just like, Oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. I think I can learn from this and do it in a safe manner and safe meaning like not feel like oh, I don't really like it, but I know that I should be doing this. Well, no, not necessarily, you know, so that's a whole other fear thing too, but, but I think that's really important. And so find something that, that you want to be a part of that, that you enjoy and, um, yeah, and, and the teacher as well as the students, I think, is also important. And so I think a teacher really, I mean, there's a difference between a teacher and a coach, okay? Teacher just shows information where a coach actually nourish, takes a look at the individual to help nourish, if you will, that person to broaden their, their scope of that information related to them. Mm. And I think that's the big difference between a, just a, a teacher and a coach, if you will. So um because there's a lot of people teaching stuff on youtube doesn't necessarily mean they would be a good coach so yeah that's really interesting teacher versus coach it's uh so uh, what you're saying is almost like the teachers like this educational um resource but a coach is not only that but also a, a human resource for that yes. person to absolutely become yeah. or or <clears throat> to go forward with their goals and yeah we we are social and environmental beings right so yeah like even if it's the best place in the world for a certain subset of people if it doesn't click with you right you're not going to last exactly very, very long there's people that are not going to like gmb and i'm like cool that's great i'm very happy to hear that because you know what you want 
So don't don't be a part of us because we don't want you to feel that way when you're here. Feel like you have to be here. And that's kind of weird for some people, you know. But I'm just like, great, you know what you want. That's fabulous. A lot of people don't know that. And they have to actually go through different things to figure out exactly what they want. Or maybe a person feels bad because they do one particular thing, but other people are like, oh, why would you want to do that? That's uh, it doesn't matter. It's in that case, it's only about the enjoyment of you doing it. And so that's why I think it's great. Do I mean again, it's like and I'm purposely not saying anything because I don't want to put any ideas in people's heads thinking that I think down on something, but it's like, you know, I can say GMB. Why would you want to do, do GMB? You know, whatever. That's cool. If you want to do it. The other thing I will say real quick though, about GMB is um, the goal in GMB is, is not to do more GMB. It's, Okay, what is the minimum amount that's going to help you to be able to do the other stuff in your life better? That's really what we want. Mm -hmm. And some people might misunderstand that. And again, it's kind of like, what are you talking about? You mean, you don't want people to like depend on you forever? No, hell no. (laughs) I just want to be like, hey, you know, we've got all these programs, but maybe you watch a YouTube video that's going to help you with your range of motion for whatever activity it is you're doing. Great. We've helped. So yeah, that's cool. If you want to hang around and we can help you some more cool, but you know, it's, I think that's also very important. I think people can be very, what is the word I'm trying to say? We are the best sort of thing, you know, and, and we, we are the best when it comes to G and B but that's it. <laughs> right. I mean, cause it's like, you know, that's it. Right. You know, yeah. I am the best at GMB. Okay. But am I, you know what I mean? It's like, and that's another thing too, where it's just like, you know, Andy Jarl and I created this thing and I might do it. But the thing is, is everyone has their own version of GMB, if you will, because it's not about a particular movement. It's the method that you use in order to do it. And mm. so, you know, if you look at the GMB trainers, that's why I tell them. I'm just like, I don't want you to be a little mini me, me, a mini Ryan. I want you to be able to take the concepts and the method that we teach in GMB, say it in your own voice and help the people that need it for whatever it is. And as a matter of fact, like for a lot of the workshops and stuff, we're like, don't even say it's GMB. Because who the hell knows what GMB is? You know, I mean, we're not like, I don't know, what's in it? CrossFit. We're not like CrossFit or anything like that. Mm. You know, we're like, hey, we're doing CrossFit. You're like, hey, you want to do GMB? I have no idea what you're talking about. So instead say, okay, how can you help that person not only get what they want, but also help them for what they need? And that's also a difference between a teacher and a coach is not just giving the person what they want, but also making sure that they're additionally getting what they need, even though they might not even know it at the time. And, and that's really what we're after. Yeah. It's like uh, moving past like the labels of methods and things like that, and just presenting it as a combination of your own experiences to help that person. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is a, I think a good question to ask is, you know, these days, how do you describe if someone goes, Hey, Ryan, what do you do? What does, what does GMB do? What's, what's the response? 
Uh, you might laugh, but and now we haven't been on airplanes in a couple of years, but, but um, almost every month I would travel, you know, pre COVID I would be somewhere teaching and I uh, love it. And of course, you know, you have your in-flight buddy who's sitting next to you, whoever that ends up being. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of reminds me of a fight club when he was talking about um, single serving. What is it? Sur- single serving. Oh, I can't remember what. Anyway, sorry, I'm ruining it. But anyway, <laughs> so like someone would be sitting next to you on the plane and be like, "Hey, so what kind of work you do?" And I would say, "I'm a PE teacher." It was literally what I'd say. Well, I'm a physical education teacher. And sometimes it would end right there. And sometimes, and then people sometimes would be, "Oh, so you work like in junior high, elementary school, high school, depending on where you are in the world, secondary." primary is actually do it all online and um sometimes it'll be like oh okay in the conversation because to be honest i don't want to talk about myself i'll try to right away say yeah i'm physical education teacher how about yourself what do you do and really turn it because i don't want to sell anything if you will but but yeah and then some people it ends up going to the conversation and it's really kind of tough to really explain what i do um, Andy, who, uh, Andy Jarl and I, we started the company together. Andy, whenever he travels, says that he's in the publishing company or he's in the publishing field, which to be honest is true. Um, you know, and, or, or we can say educator, we're in education. That's really kind of how we view it is that we're not a fitness company. We're an education company. Mm. And so we're trying to, to help people to have a better understanding of their bodies and working towards physical autonomy. And some people are autonomy. What are you talking about? Freedom of being able to use your, move your body in the way that you want to move it. So, you know, again, what do I do? I, that's a good question. I mean, you could say I try to be a good coach by, um, leading by example really and again it's kind of like well, what is that well it's what do you need it to be and and i think that's really the big thing and that's where a fault with gmb in the sense that we're still trying to figure out exactly how to explain ourselves to people as well you know it's 10 years plus 10 plus years well 10 and a half and we're still kind of like no idea how to describe gmb and, you know, again, when we talk about physical autonomy, autonomy is not such a widely used term that some people are like, okay, I've heard of autonomy. I kind of get what you're saying, but what does that really mean? And so, mm. again, GMB is always really about what it means to you and being able to move your body through space. And how can we help you in order to uh, gain better awareness with that? So um, we don't have an official elevator speech, um, you know, our, our 10 second, hey, I'm from GB, blah, 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 kind of thing. So um, it is difficult, but I do just tell people that I'm in the physical education, um, depending on where I am, mm. depending on where I am. Because I remember, I remember being on, sorry, kind of going long here, but I remember getting off of an airplane and they put us in a bus to take us to the terminal. And you always have that one chatty person and that's fine. But, you know, whatever. Um, oh, it was because we were coming back into Japan. 
And there's not a whole lot of non-Japanese on the flight. And for some reason, we all end up congregating together on the bus. Who knows? There's like three or four of us on there. And there's this girl, lovely girl, but just chatty. And she's like, so what kind of work do you do? And I said, um, I'm into physical fitness. I'm, I'm an instructor. She's, oh, you don't look like one at all. And and I just love it. You know, to me, like most people would be like, what are you talking about? I'm you know, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm just fine. I mean, I've read enough YouTube comments that I've got thick skin now. But um, I just thought it was interesting because we do have this preconceived notion of what fitness is out there and what you should look like. And and in GMB, really, what we're trying to do is get away from that is basically what I was just trying to say and say that we're, we're all fit for something. What does that fit mean to you? In a perfect world, we would have not called ourselves gold medal bodies. We would have not called ourselves GMB Fitness. Um, but that's it is what it is. And so what we're just trying to do is share experiences uh, with people out there and try and help them to figure out what, what fitness means to them. So uh, horrible elevator pitch is basically what I'm trying to say. Well, I think you guys are doing all right at explaining yourselves because you know that there does seem to be people doing doing it and getting it so <laughs> yeah I, I think so i think we're doing okay yeah. yeah uh it is fun i mean we were one of the very first um online fitness companies as far as the movement world kind of thing and um that was cool you know that we had the opportunity to do that and be you know a part of that it, it's really neat to me to see all the upcoming people, if you will, um, in the, in the field. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm always reluctant to say movers, the movement field. I just, you know, my big joke is someone says I'm a mover and I'm like, so, well, you know, move, can you move my couch? You know, my sofa, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, that's kind of a big joke that we have, but but I get it. And I think it's really good. And I think that there's been a lot of people um, who've become quite famous, if you will, in this field that have helped all of us to be able to uh, share more of what we're all doing. And I really like to be, I really like it that I'm able to reach out and have these connections with, with people um, in our, in our realm and we get along and we can talk and share and make fun of each other and it not, be weird if you know what i mean like yeah. they're, they're like you know martial arts has a they can get really really well my sensei can beat up your sensei you know i'm like okay whatever but you know <laughs> i'm just really lucky that 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 it's not quite like that uh as far as um between the groups and things like that yeah yeah i think you know we're all just trying to help provide a broader sense as to what our own embodiment can do right and to enjoy right. this this body and that's what i really enjoy when i i go across like with um some of your programs and your your content that you share as well and you know i did the elements program back yeah. in the day as well yeah and yeah one yeah. thing i wanted to ask you is you know with um choices about movement or movement patterns that you put into these programs like what what was your process to decide, okay, like 
that's going to be in there versus that thing. You know, there are some universal yeah. things. Sometimes people agree on, you know, like the resting squat, right. But you know, like yeah. the tabletop or the crab position, that that sort right. of stuff. Like how did you go? Okay. Like that's going to work for us and for the people that we want to help. Exactly. So I remember when I proposed this to Andy Jarlow and uh, to Andy Jarlow, we were in Santa Fe, New Mexico we were teaching a seminar together and we were in a hotel room and I was like, Hey guys, I got this idea for this program. They're like, at that time it was just the three movements mm-hmm. and um, uh, bear monkey and uh, frogger. And they're just like, dude, it's three freaking movements. I'm like, hear me out guys. Hear me out. Um, but yeah. So what I, I, I reverse engineer like everything. If there's a new skill that I want to learn, I look at, okay, what is that end goal? It doesn't matter if it's like, for example, learning a new language as well. Like, I'm really into Spanish for the past year. I've just really dove deep into Spanish. And I was just like, okay, where do I want to be at? What is this for? And, you know, reverse engineer and they look at, okay, well then what's the most efficient way for me to study, enjoy it. So that I can just every day show up and be like, just do this. So that's kind of how I look at a lot of these movements. And so what I was looking at is not just movements, if you will, but what are the things that people have trouble with and keeping it from being able to effectively work towards those movements. And so this is, this is really what I was after is not necessarily what are the progressions towards particular movements, but what are the underlying things that could hold people back from being able to actually move from not doing something to start doing something. So if we look at the handstand, um, and if we look at uh, if we everything from like the handstand, handstand push-ups, uh, a pull-in movement, um, you know, squatting, uh, shrimp, pistol, uh, peacock squats. If we look at um, transitional movements, uh, going from X movement to another movement, you know, I kind of reverse engineered everything and look back. Well, what are some of these things that could hold people back? You know, wrists, shoulders, hips, knees ankles um basically the blocks of the body if you were to stack the blocks in the body okay you know some people might say neck but i mean we're not really on our neck too much if you will so what i was really looking at is what are some of the things that we can focus on in order to help a person to be able to move better now here's something that that you know might surprise you but if you want to be able to move better, you have to move. And so that was a big thing with, with elements when it first came out. I was like, all right, we've got these movements and these three movements. What if we were to just use these movements in order to show people that it will help them move better, therefore improve their strength, flexibility, and control? Um, these are not new movements, of course. We In GMB, we've never invented anything in terms of Oh, this is a new movement. I mean, it doesn't exist. These are movements though that I was using in my gym here in Japan. I had a gym called Jungle Gym, uh, primarily focused on kids. And I had a whole curriculum uh, and it was going from A to Z. And what I did was I had a movement for every single letter of the alphabet. Because I'd also teach in English because we're in Japan. And so it would have English and movement. And so it was focused on play and doing stuff. And so have these animal movements <clears throat> for each letter of the alphabet. And, um, but it was always, I always come back to the bear monkey frogger because I noticed that kids just basically like, 
they're good, you know, but not every kid, even though they're Asian, has a great squat. Mm. Sorry. That's just how it is. Okay. And then there were other things like, okay, I want to get the kids used to being upside down, inverted, you know, and that's where the bear came into play. And then it also the, the scapular uh, strength in terms of, you know, when using the bear going forward and backwards, the variations of the bear helped with the scapular strength as well as straight arm strength, as well as um, helping them, you know, for things like with a frogger, they're looking at wrist strength. Another example of the straight arm strength, scapular um, relationship to the rest of the body, as well as the hips going deeper into in and out of the squat, going from the monkey where you're going forward and backward, whereas the monkey laterally, also variations of the monkey, we're using twisting, which to be honest, in a lot of the traditional uh, fitness regimes out there, you don't see a lot of twisting patterns. And so I was like, okay, what are some of these basic, basic things that we can start with that are going to help a person to ease into where we want to go? That's what it was. And then, you know, we have the assessments for that, which is the A-frame, which is a static position. But rather than saying, okay, this is the position you want to be in. It was simply saying, okay, what position are you in? And this is from Jarlow's background. He's a physical therapist. And so where he'll do an assessment on a person is not to try and get them into a position. You just need to know what position you are in so that you can then address some of the issues that you have so that you can then start to apply necessary protocol to help you to be able to work towards better range of motion. And so this is where our AAA framework started, where we assess, address, and apply just what it is. And so well, the A frame where you start off and just be like, okay, what's going on with hips, you know, what's going on with the pelvic tilt in the hips, uh, lumbar, what's happening with the shoulders. Uh, when you're in this A-frame position, are you able or not even able, but what's going on with your legs? Uh, are your legs straight? Do you have to bend your legs because you don't have the hamstring flexibility? What's going on with the heels in relationship to the floor? What's going on with the elbows, the wrist, the neck, everything? The thing is, there is no good or bad. There just is. And so that's what an assessment is. It's not judging yourself. It's not anything. It's just saying, hey, listen, let's see exactly where you're at. Let's take a photo of it. Let's take a video of it. Let's have you feel what's going on so that that can be your measuring stick. And you come back to this movement pretty much every single day. And that is what I was talking about earlier, your assessment. And you start to feel that things are getting better. And you might not see improvements, but they feel better. And that's really what we're after. And so, for example, a squat is the same. Like I said earlier in the thing, you're a product of your training. Do it a lot. And so having a person do the bear walk, having a person do the monkey, which starts in the squat position, might not be able to go all the way down in your squat. Your heels might be up off the ground. It's perfectly fine. You can still work on that movement. Thing is, over time, it's going to get better because you're doing more of it. And it's a compound movement in the sense that you're not just sitting in a squat, which is not bad because I have people do that as well. But if we start putting this into movement into and start moving in this, we're now incorporating different things like spatial awareness. We're also able to take a look at breathing patterns, okay? Are you able to do this slowly? That's going to bring better awareness to what's going on, okay? When you put your hands on the ground, What's going on with your wrist? Do you notice that you're bending your elbows? Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, well, from here on out, let's rotate the arms so your elbow pits are facing forward so that you're actively pushing down and through the ground. Now we have better scapular 
um, recruitment. That's also going to help when you're working into going in and out of the squat. Oh, one month later, by the way, you're already down in your squat. Congratulations. Holy shit. Okay. So like, it's not magic, but what it is, is, is again, you know, how many squats did you just do? I have no idea. Great. It doesn't matter. And that's the other part of the program is that we don't look at repetitions is we look at the time and looking at duration and like anything, learning a new skill, being able to get better at anything means you have to do more of that thing. So how many repetitions does it take? All of them because every single person is different. And so I can't tell you how many repetitions you're going to have to do in order to get a particular skill. You're just going to have to continue to do it and work on it in a pace that's good for you, making sure that you're aware and using a progression or variation that is going to help you to be able to get there. And that's what Elements was about. And so big spiel about that, but really these lead up to just so many different things. And so, you know, I have our trainers, our GMB trainers, just focus on the setup for the crab and just do it and continue to do it. And they get sick of it and they want to go to the next progression. And they do. And we're like, hey, back off. You need to come back and do this a little bit more. And then I say, hey, go ahead and try doing an L-sit real quick. And they're able to do it. And they're like, oh, my God, it's magic. No, it's because you're focusing on what you needed in order to get yourself into a position that's comfortable because you built the strength, flexibility, and control to be able to do it. And that's really what Elements is about. It's working again, looking at assessing, addressing, and applying the proper protocols necessary in order to help you for where you're at and doing it in a way that's going to match you through Mm auto-regulation. So this basically Elements is kind of like GMB all packed into one. A lot of people are being like, hey, you don't have any pulling exercises in there. Well, I mean, technically, there's some movements you can consider pulling, you're not hanging your you're not hanging from a bar and pulling in that direction but the thing is is i would rather have you work on elements working on that scapular strength working on some of the lateral pulling you know that you have in there putting yourself in different ranges of motion where you're doing that so that when you do get to the bar it's going to help in the long run and i'm not saying by doing that you're going to get a pull up but this is also the other thing too it's you only need your body And that was huge. And a lot of people that we're working with, to be perfectly honest, are people who are not CrossFitters, people who are not super high-level athletes, even though, interestingly enough, go figure, we have a lot of CrossFit people and some high-level athletes going through elements. Great. Just shows you how, you know, basics. The basics and having a good foundation and really being aware of what's going on is great. But really, sorry to come back, though, it's looking at trying to help people who – you know, unfortunately there's programs out there where like, Hey, I'm going to help you get into shape. Let's go ahead and start off with a gazillion pushups and we're going to do this. And this. They can't even do a single pushup. Their wrist hurts. They might have issues with their hips or something like that. So what we're trying to do is get them to the point where they can actually start training, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I got a little excited there. Sorry. Well, your enthusiasm and excitement is infectious. So I love it. And one thing that I really get a lot, from the way that I think you guys structure things and the way you coach people in is this, this perspective of practice, which I think is really transformative. So it's not like just do like a five by five set of pushups, right? right? But right. you're actually, right. as you described, when you're doing the bear, like how are you placing your hand? How is your right. shoulder feeling that that scapular? Right. And I think that's probably 
maybe what the the difference is you know comparing from moving from somewhere else to then coming into you know whether you call the gmb or you know a movement practice or even you know a good teacher with martial arts right they start giving you these awareness tools to actually okay like what is actually going on so yeah. It is tough. I mean, and this is the thing, if you do come from a traditional, you know, f- physical fitness background, in the beginning, it's tough to go through one of our programs in terms of the mind frame, because I'm asking you to slow down. I'm asking you to quit counting reps. And I say, I just want you to literally just do one repetition as beautifully as you can, and then try to do another one. And we still get, well, how many should I be doing within this time period? Like within this 45 second period, how many should I be doing? Well, just again, just do one, you know, as as well as you can, as beautifully as you can. Let's try to do another one at the highest level that you can bring awareness into the movement. That is how I try to do everything because the more you can do that, and a lot of people, I'm not saying you should do slow reps your entire life. I'm saying that when you're learning a new movement, Tempo comes later and, you know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And, and, you know, military says this a lot and it's true though. I mean, if you can slow a thing down again and really understand what's going on at the beginning, middle, and end of the movement and really own that movement, have mastery over that movement, you're going to get better. Then you can, when you start putting a little stink on it, add in some speed to it, it's going to be great and you're going to be able to do it better because you did take the time to slow it down and really refine that movement. And that, that's what this is about. So, you know, we do have a lot of people who come in, especially from the CrossFit background who are just like want to crank out those reps. And I'm like, that's cool, man. I'm like, okay, it can help you to get better at that certain thing that you want to do within CrossFit possibly. But first you need to take a step, not back necessarily, but, but reframe the way that you look at it and doing it in this way. It's, it's going to help. And, you know, pull-ups, chin-ups, that's why whenever I, I teach them, I'm, I'm like, hey, let's slow it down, really focus on what's going on with our structure. And the better that we can make our structure, then when you start loading those movements, or for example, um, a kipping uh, pull-up is a great example. When you start doing kipping pull-ups again, then uh, chances are you're going to be able to do more kipping pull-ups. But unfortunately, it doesn't work the other way around. You can't do for example, like just try and crank out as many reps as you can with just okay form and think that you're going to be able to perform a higher level movement for a certain amount of reps. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. With the online courses that you guys deliver, like uh, it's sounding like, you know, that's challenging in different ways for, for people. What happens when it doesn't go as planned or someone goes through it and they're just not getting it or, you know, what are the challenges sometimes you see that other than what you've already listed where it does, just doesn't work. And then how do you, how do you overcome that? Or how do you address that? How do you connect Absolutely. with that person? Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's, I guess, a course environment. Right. So there's different ways. So first off our support team of, so we have quite a few people on support that are trainers and so if you ever ask a question, like before you buy a product program, you know, if you send a message in someone, a real person is going to help you. Um, the thing is, though, is that we do have the option for coaching in there. And so working with person to do that. 
on our uh, forums, if you will. We've also got what's called the Alpha Posse, which is kind of tongue-in-cheek. is a little joke when we first started off because we're alpha. Um, <laughs> that, right? We always that, – that's the thing. You'll see that that we like to joke at ourselves a lot, and, and we think that, you know, life is too serious to be taken seriously. So, you know, you got to have a lot of fun. And there's too many people out there who are just like, fitness, yeah, rah, serious. Yeah, and we're just like, mm, okay. So been there, done that. But um, – and literally, we have been there and done that. And so I'm not just trying to say, like, we're better than you for whatever or anything like that. I'm saying, that's totally cool. Do that and be that way and be serious about it. But uh, where we are and the majority of the people that come to us, they're not competing anymore. Maybe, you know, they're at a stage in their life where their family is more important than trying to be an alpha dog. And, and so uh, kind of going off on a whole other topic. But um Coaching, yes, is I think if you have the ability to get coaching, I think it's 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 great, and it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's everything from singing lessons to whatever you're going to learn and have a better experience if you have a good coach, and uh, it's going to be more efficient as well. And so that's what we also do have. And so this is online that we do, and people what they'll do is they'll post a video of themselves performing a particular movement, and then one of my trainers will give feedback on that. And so uh, that's just one example of what we do. And then as well, you know, we encourage people to help each other. And so our community, our Alpha Posse community, um, yeah, I love it. And we got some great people on there and people post videos of what they're doing and other people chime in and give some, some feedback. And you've got people like, there's one guy, he's working on his one arm chin up right now. And, um, and it's great because there's other people who are like nowhere near being able to do that not even interested in doing it, but they see it and they're like, dude, that's awesome. You know, congrats. you know, it's just like that camaraderie there that I think is fabulous. And so a lot of different people there in there. We have a whole section on pets as well. If you want to like show pictures of your dog and people talk about that. So, I mean, it's not just working out, you know, cause, cause we have a life and, and that's what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about so serious with the fitness. I think there, it's very important. Um, if that is your livelihood, and there are people, and um, I'm very lucky because I get to work with groups of special individuals um, where their life is literally on the line um, based on their fitness. And I'm, I have, I'm just, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to work with these people. And so that's a little bit different when I go in there to teach them. And so I think that there is a serious this that needs to be presented in that manner but generally in gmb when you come into it we're looking at it as fun in terms of actually enjoying the process and saying okay what is this for in your life and a person's like i just want to be able to like hang out with my kids and something like okay cool well then you probably don't need to be um i don't know working out four hours a day or something like that you know what i mean so uh, yeah lots i could say about that but yeah, different ways. And, and again, comes back to coaching versus, versus teaching is that coach is going to be on there and really help the person who comes into GMB to, you know, first question, you know, help them to figure out their why and then give some feedback. Uh, here's something maybe you want to think about when you're doing it. Yeah. Awesome, Ryan. Hey, I've really enjoyed everything that you shared today. Thank you for having me. I'm just kind of like going all over the place. But yeah. <laughs> the one uh, 
last thing that I wanted to touch on, which you just brought up there is, you know, like the life outside of all this movement and training and things like that. So yeah, I guess what's your one thing outside of movement and training now that you would really like to do? I see you're always up in the mountains. When I look at at your gym set up at home, you've got the surfboard in the back (laughs) car as well. So seemed like a man of many different interests so i do have a lot of interests i will say that um i have not been able to go surfing in quite a while um obviously covid but you know some other things going on i haven't been able to do that this year though very excited to do that my daughter is very interesting in in surfing and so we'll go and do that but um personally though being outdoors is huge for me i think um nature no matter what it is i think um just going out for out for a walk um, that is, that's one of my things that's, that's written in my journal is one of my areas and that is to go outside and to, to, um, um, you know, we're always connected to our phones, to the internet, to whatever. And so I go out there, it's just, just me and this, I used to take my dog. She unfortunately, she died last year. And so she's not around, but the thing is, it's still, it's just like, it's totally cool because I can still go out and uh, whether it be the mountains again or just the park or something like that. I think that's extremely important because we can get so wrapped up and caught up into this little box, whatever it is that we're using that we forget that the world is much bigger than our problems most of the time. And I do. And I say that because I know there are people out there really, there's some big things in the world going on. But what I, what I mean for me in my life is that where I am in Japan and what's going on in my life, um, I'm at a really good place. And so uh, going out into nature helps me to kind of, you know, remind me that things are good and um, yeah, get away from stuff. So, yeah, I think a lot of people would be better off uh, trying to do that if they do have the opportunity to do that. And I do know that uh, the way that the world is opening up now, I know Australia uh, you can get out and about now and stuff like that. I think being out and going out, I think it is very important. Yeah. What's the favorite mountain at the moment? Well, you know, I, I would say that my favorite one is probably the one that's closest to my house just because I have the opportunity to go and that's Mino. So Mino, um, wonderful waterfall, waterfall, a lot of tourists, but I actually don't go there. Uh, a lot of people don't really know it, but the mountain ranges behind it are just gorgeous and um there's some tough hiking and it's great but you can go out in a day and so i'll go out there and just spend a couple hours walking around and won't see another person and it's great and um i really like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that is one of the special things i remember from my japan experience is all the nature and the mountains as well so i hope one day Soon, I can come back to visit and then visit would be great, Osaka man. as well. Maybe That'd we can go for a, for a hike and a roll around. We should definitely should do that. Yeah, I would enjoy that. So. But I just want to thank you for yeah sharing your time, your thank experience, you. your thank stories you. today. I really appreciate it. Once again, thank you to you guys for joining all the way to the very end. Thank you to Ryan Hurst for joining us for the very special episode 50. I'm going to just leave it short for this one. Remember, you can always get in touch with me via Instagram, 
send me a message on at Fayonp, at P-H-A-O-N-P, or you can head over to thepassivehang.com and find my details there. Otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next episode.